so I knew that the Peyton Bowen story was huge. I spent four hours talking about it on Thursday and a lot more time tweeting out about it. I, I knew the Peyton Bowen story was big. I think I called it the, uh, the craziest recruitment that I've seen in my lifetime. But Josh Helmer, I did not realize how big the Peyton Bowen story was until Christmas Eve and Christmas Day when I go to my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family. And that's all that anyone wanted to talk about on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Yesterday, which by the way, I hope uh, all you members of the Ref Army out there had a very Merry Christmas, including you, uh, Josh Elmer. I couldn't even sit the presents down, sit the food down that we walked without my little cousin coming up to me and saying, like, Hey, how about them Oklahoma Sooners, huh? Top five recruiting class, get Peyton Bowen, no big deal. It's all anyone wanted to talk about. And I don't have a family full of, like, big recruiting. I didn't even know that they followed recruiting. But the Peyton Bowen story was so big, and I don't remember the last time a recruitment has been like this, is that, seriously, at least in my family, and I'm sure some other textures felt this too, it's all anyone wanted to talk about all weekend long, which I love. I think it's fantastic. It's just hilarious. I didn't I didn't think that that was going to be the case. And Oklahoma won one of these, finally. Uh, I, know, I know, man. Finally won I one know. of these. Merry Christmas, by the way, to you and yours as well, Tyler. Yeah, I'm not surprised, right? This is a recruitment of Peyton Bowen that supersedes recruiting. It was abnormal. Don't normally see a recruitment like this. It was a little different, and it swung in Oklahoma's direction. So it was a nice little Christmas miracle for Oklahoma. That, and I said the same thing on Thursday. It's like, oh, you like, we've seen our share of crazy recruitments, but I, it just seems like you've lost out on virtually all of those recently. And finally, the craziest one of all, you, you won this one this time around. And yeah, man, it, it, it felt good. It felt good for sure. I'm interested, text line, Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Did you spend your Christmas holiday with others talking about the crazy uh, Peyton Bowen story on Thursday? Uh, Text us and let us know if uh, that was the case. Josh Helmer is with me uh, for this hour today. Parker's off because, well, I guess Parker thought that we were off all day as a station. (laughs) And to be fair, I think initially, like at one point earlier this month, we had talked about being off today instead of Friday, but then we changed it. I think we changed it from uh, Friday to Monday when we found out the bowl game was going to be this week and it made the most sense to be back, you know, you know, for, for game week and all of that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Parker didn't get the, the memo on that. Maybe it was a poor job by us communicating, but he thought we were off today, so he's driving back from Nebraska as we speak. But he brilliant. should be back tomorrow. It's a brilliant ploy. I might have to take a similar approach in the future right well i'm out of out of town not quite gonna be able to get back extra day now he uh if anybody deserves an extra day off it's one parker thune for the way the last well just the end of the recruiting cycle has played out right yeah he's um, been busy yeah he has and, and we'll get to more of this uh peyton bowen crazy story and the reaction from it and the fact that I think OU really needed this recruiting win in terms of momentum going forward. I mean, after a 6-6 six and six season, Josh, and a signing day, which I'm sure that you were listening and I know that you were monitoring social media, people were down about, not not everyone, but there were a lot of people down about the way that, so, uh, that, that signing day was. And uh, with the 6-6 six and six season, you needed to feel good about something. And we'll see if Peyton Bowen's ever a player here, but it's something to feel good about what you needed. 
it was you needed this offseason. It was such a weird signing day, wasn't it? Early, I guess not signing day, but it is signing day. The beginning of the early signing period because here Oklahoma signs this top 10 class. And, oh, by the way, as you mentioned, it's been a wildly disappointing year at Oklahoma. You finish 6-6. Six and six, You're trying to stave off your first losing season since 98 around here in this bowl game versus Florida State. And yet you've got this great signing class to feel good about. And because you swung and missed on – Bowen and Dakana, nobody was happy. Oh, no, it was bad, man. Nobody was happy, and yet it it flip-flops the other direction just with uh, the ability to to ink Bowen, and now it's a top-five class. I I just really thought it was – I couldn't even put down the presents or the food we brought without someone asking me about about Peyton Bowen. That's how big of a story it was. I'm like, all right, we'll we'll talk about – let me just set all this stuff down, all right? Then we'll have our conversation about this top-five recruiting class, okay? Which, as we sit here today on Monday afternoon – um, OU still has the number five overall class uh, with 24-7. And what, the number four uh, ranked class with ESPN, I think? So there's a couple sites out there that have OU as a top five class. Gunny says, I spent Thursday texting this text line right here. Gunny, you spent your Thursday texting this text line, your Wednesday, your Tuesday, your Monday. We weren't on the air on Friday, but I'm sure that you were texting in on Friday wondering why Colin Cowherd was on instead of us. That wouldn't have shocked me at all. I certainly hope so. Gunny's uh, he, he's one of the great members of the Ref Army, sure. Uh, from the 580, where are we at with Trace Ford? Twitterverse says we've gained momentum back from Muleshoe. Just wanted to confirm. So, yeah, the, I mean, Trace Ford would be a very big get in the portal at a position where you need more depth. Um, where where are you at with Trace Ford? Well, here's where I think that you're at with Trace Ford. I think it's down to OU and USC. And maybe there's some new information out there that would say that Auburn is more in this than I think that they are. But apparently, like he took a visit to USC not this past weekend, but the weekend before. He took that visit to USC. Apparently, he had a pretty nice offer on the table from USC. And I think, was it last Monday or Tuesday, Josh, he tweeted out, like, my recruitment is kind of done and it's over. And it felt like it was imminent that he was going to make a decision. Well, I feel like that tweet's been out there for about a week now. And my guess would be is that the longer this goes on away from that last USC visit, probably the better it is for OU. Like, if he would have tweeted that out and made a decision Monday or Tuesday on the heels of that USC visit right after the, you know, the offer was made, I, I probably would have felt pretty strongly it was USC. But I feel like the further we get away from this, maybe the better chance that OU has with this recruitment. I think that's a fair way of looking at it, that it almost at the time felt that it was about to be an imminent announcement that he was transferring to USC. And the further removed we get from that, the more likely it is that maybe, uh, dare we say another name, image, likeness victory for the University of Oklahoma, which that's the other takeaway of the Peyton Bowen deal, isn't it? Is uh, (laughs) I don't know if you touched on this uh, on Thursday, but – Probably you did, right, because you did a lot of radio. But the fact that the Norman NIL Club tweeted that out and then obviously deleted the tweet, I mean, to me that so obviously means that regardless of what what level it was involved, the NIL for Oklahoma was a factor in, in flipping Peyton Bowen back to OU. So that's good, right? That's that's huge yeah. when it you know relates to Bowen, to Trace Ford. For Oklahoma, I don't know that they need to be the best, Tyler, but for the Crimson and Cream Collective and the Norman NIL Club, for those to be factors 
gigantic. And, and I think that that's what they're trying to do. Um, I, I feel like they're trying to find what's the right sweet spot because, and, and I don't think OU is ever going to be this way, and I'm and I'm glad that they're not. I, I don't think OU is ever going to be Texas A&M or Miami or even Oregon when we're talking about the NIL game, right? And and maybe they don't even want to be that. I, they, I don't think I don't get the feel that they necessarily do. I feel like they're trying to find the sweet spot. Okay, we got to be active. And we've got to be active more than just, you know, we're able to do things here and there. Like, we're going to have to be fairly active in this, but what's that sweet spot where we don't overemphasize it, but we're still a player at the same time? I think that they're trying to find that. Maybe they've already found that. And you're saying that it's a win that, you know, OU is able to get some NIL things together. I, I agree with it. But I also think that the offer probably, if I had to guess, the offer on the table that OU had for Peyton Bowen probably wasn't as large as the or, uh, the offer that Oregon had. And so that's kind of my takeaway, too, is you were like you did some things with NIL, sure, but I think that you beat NIL as well with this. Like You didn't probably didn't have the biggest offer on the table, and you were still able to overcome that. And it can be done, right? It's proven now. It, it can be done, and Oklahoma can ink a pair of five-star defensive players. I, I do think the, the winning has to – coalesce with all of that at some point Tyler there's you get you get the grace year right six and six no big deal in year number one for Venables and company at some point I mean I've gotten a little bit of pushback from people on this but I still do think that you have to combine the winning with the recruiting yeah you do you do yes for sure but Oklahoma got away with it for one year right to the tune of a a top five class so that's uh, no small feat, and obviously a ton of credit to a bunch of people involved in this class for Oklahoma. Uh, Cam says, Bowles, NIL, 250K from OU. I'm guessing it's Bowen. not supposed to say Bowles. It's supposed to say Peyton Bowen. Peyton Bowen's NIL, 250K from OU. Okay, thank you, Cam. Um, not sure if y'all have seen this, but I thought this was pretty amazing, showing the kind of person we have leading this young men. And uh, it's from Mark Mangino. Yeah, that, that's a good share, and, and I did see that. And the, the tweet that they sent from uh, Mark Mangino is this. I spent over three hours with at Coach Venables and Starkville the day before signing day. He had a cell phone off the entire time. I asked about recruiting. He said, we are going to get the kids we want. He was respectful to Leach and still had a great class. Hashtag leadership. It's probably not easy to do when – you got Akana's decision coming up on signing day. You got Bowen's decision coming up on signing day. You had uh, what Marcus Strong's decision on signing day, and to turn the phone off for three hours and pay your uh, respects to Mike Leach. Like, yeah, good on. I, I did see that. That was pretty cool. Good on Brent Venables for for doing it that way. Not easy, and I, I'm sure you can speak to this just in your own walk of life, Tyler. It's hard to shut everything completely off and I, I'm terrible at it my wife reminds me how terrible I am <laughs> I, at I it, believe it and I wish I was better at it but I, I it's it's really it's hard for me to do man because there's always the next thing right with Oklahoma news and recruiting's no different for Venables right it's to be able to actually shut things off for a while I mean that's not easy to do 
Yeah, it's not easy. So uh, good, good on him. Good on him for sure. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We got a whole lot to cover today. David Stone had an announcement. David Hicks had an announcement. And there's a whole lot of movement in the transfer portal. We'll tell you the latest going on in college football and a whole lot more. We might even get into this cheese it Bowl matchup coming up on Thursday. Happy game week, everyone. It doesn't feel like a game week. I understand it. But seriously, there is a football game, an OU football game, that will be played this week. They're going to play Florida State, by the way. And apparently nobody can get there because the airline situation is uh, is hectic. I don't think, hopefully some members of the OU media can get there by Thursday. Because it sounds like they're virtually all stranded at this point in various places across the country. Been a bit of a nightmare so far. All right, locked in with uh, McComas and Helmer today, right here on The Ref. More to come next. Early. Oh, the Ref Army, as always. They're tuned in all across the country and the world today. Day after Christmas, no days off for the Ref Army. They're always listening to us right here on the Ref. Paris, France is uh, checked in today listening. Marietta, Georgia, El Paso, Texas, uh, Wendell, North Carolina, Santa Clarita, California, and Hazard, Kentucky. Uh, I wonder if Bo and Luke Duke are out there listening in uh, Hazard, Kentucky today. I don't know. Small Oklahoma town of the day, Grove, Oklahoma. So thank you to everyone listening to us via the Ref app today. Just search KREF in the App Store to listen to us wherever you're at on the go. What a beautiful thing. Worldwide. Beautiful. It really is. Our our app is a very beautiful thing. All right, so this is – I I don't expect you to get this right. Okay. But I I just – I found this right before the show today, and I found it interesting, Okay. Tell me which program you think has finished the last five years in recruiting ranked as this. I think the answer is going to surprise you. Okay. This particular program has finished 19th, 20th, 23rd, 22nd, and 18 in the last five recruiting class. So, again, I don't expect you to get this right, but I'm interested to see, like, what tier of program you guess and then actually who it is. I, and, I'm, and I'm giving you a, a little bit of a hint here, but like, what kind of program do you think would finish 19, 20, 23, 22, and 18 in five consecutive years? How about Florida State? It's Florida State, yeah. Got to be the bowl opponent, right? Crazy, man. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, not very good for and, them. And I know that they've been really bad, really, since um, they had the national championship run in 13 and went back to the playoff in 14. It seems like it's been pretty poor for them since then, but... It's Florida State, man. You, you know, I mean, they're right there. They're right there in the Panhandle of Florida, close to it, where there's just so much talent that's there. Florida may overall be the best single state for talent year in and year out. Uh, I knew that they were bad, and I know that winning is important in recruiting. But you said that, and it kind of sparked a thought of, "Wow, I cannot believe Florida State hasn't recruiting recruited at a higher clip than this." Yeah, not not good enough for them at all. That just. Access to Florida and Georgia alone, you, you got to finish top 15 with regularity. And really, you should be drawn in at least one, at least one top 10 class. But if I'm a Florida State fan and, and an alum, look, I want to be top 10, top 5 every single year. I've yeah. got the same expectations as any other program that considers itself a blue blood in college football. I mean, if you can't recruit better than that at Florida State, then I think you have some issues, right? And I don't know, like Florida is involved in NIL. Miami is involved in NIL. And some of these classes are pre-NIL where they're really not even finishing in the top 20. I don't really know to the extent how involved Florida State is in NIL. Like, you don't hear them 
talked about as one of the big spenders out there. Like, I'm guessing that they're involved to some extent, but I just, I'm just shocked, man, that like you think of the best jobs for recruiting, and I don't think Florida State's necessarily number one, but they're in top ten in there somewhere. And the fact that they haven't finished in the top ten in over five years, and actually it extends out, extends out further than that, is it's pretty wild, man. Yeah, it says that they've had some poor recruiters, right? Some poor coaches, and obviously they've had some poor on-field results, which has contributed to said poor recruiting results. Like, Miami's not any good this year. Miami's 5-7. and seven. They didn't make a bowl game this year. Miami's a really bad football team. Top five class. Top five class, right? So, in the state of Florida, you know, you don't have to rip off consecutive top five finishes like Florida State did in, in the 90s to have a great recruiting class, and, and they just haven't. So, I it just, you know, Florida State's set up for a big year next year, so I thought, okay, well, maybe – Mike Norvell is their long-term answer there. And I saw that, and I said, well, he better start recruiting a lot better moving forward if he's going to be the long-term answer in Tallahassee. You just got to win your home state. If you win your home state in recruiting, you're going to be set up pretty good, right? I mean, it's right there for you, Florida and Georgia. It should be easy, but obviously – Apparently, it hasn't been. Yeah. Uh, From the 405, Jonesboro, Arkansas is checked in today. Appreciate that. 5808 says, am I the only guy dying to see Mark Mangino back on the OU sideline? There's a spot for him somewhere. Does he want to coach? Um, He's been out of it long enough. I would – I mean, I I don't want to speak for the guy, but – I. He doesn't seem to be trying to fight his way back in. And, and, and look, like Mark Mangino did a lot of great things here. He definitely did a lot of great things as the head coach of the University of Kansas, right? But that's just – like I, I get what you're saying, 5808, but that's just, not, that's just not going to happen. Well, and again, <laughs> does it match up with something that Mark Mangino wants, right? I mean, if yeah. Mark Mangino doesn't want to coach, then guess what? <laughs> Mark Mangino ain't going to coach. Uh, let's see. I know the portal helps all teams, but changes need to be made. No players should be on four teams in four years because they can't stand not being the man. You hear that, JT Daniels? Yeah. They're texting about you today on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. He really is the shining example of what everybody hates, isn't he? Yeah, and I, I think that's – I don't know if there's going to be every single year where we see you know, a guy on his fourth school, but quarterbacks are just always on the move, man. Like if you're not the guy somewhere, yeah, you're going to see a guy like JT Daniels just move around as much as possible. USC to Georgia to West Virginia to where now? Rice. And isn't that interesting? Like a guy that makes so many of these moves starts at a program like USC, right? His next move is to Georgia, and he's likely going to end his career at Rice. Yeah, I mean, it's just not – you're normally not, uh, you know – trending up I get if you're going to make that many moves in the portal but yeah I if you want to make changes to the portal I, I'm I'm totally down with that and and there is to an extent like if you transfer one year and, and you're not a graduate you'll have to sit out one year before you play you know if you want to do it again so I, yeah I I don't love to see guys like JT Daniels play at four schools in like four years or whatever it was four different schools throughout his career I don't love that either I I, I think changes need to be made sure now, will they be made? That's that's a different conversation, right? And he's a unique example that does not speak to the majority of the transfer portal. Yeah. He's a rare case. Border Sooner checking in from Alma, Arkansas. Appreciate that. Jay in Tulsa says, hey, guys, is Trace Ford even a plug-and-play guy? Yeah, I, I definitely think he's a plug-and-play guy. Uh, now, is he a guy that you plug in and he's a first-team All-Big 12 type of player? 
well, he's got to stay healthy first. Like, early in his career when he was healthy, Trace Ford was a really good player for Oklahoma State. And I know that you and I called some of his high school games a few years ago when he was at Edmond Santa Fe, and he was a really good player. But, yeah, I, like the plan for Trace Ford would be for him to play right away next year. Absolutely it would be. Does anyone else see that differently? No, yeah. I mean, if, if you land him, he would absolutely be a factor for you next season. His first two years, 19 and 20, he combined for seven and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, uh, basically uh, – Let's call it. Let's just call it an even fifty tackles, which isn't you know anything ginormous, but for a defensive lineman, nothing to sneeze at either. Who started the opt out seems to be a thing now. Was it like Christian McCaffrey at Stanford yeah. was one of the first ones? I, I, I think that what what year was that? Like twenty sixteen, maybe twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. I, I I remember Christian McCaffrey. I think being one of the first ones to opt out at Stanford. And then I remember when that started to become a thing, Dalvin Cook actually didn't opt out at Florida State, and he played in the Orange Bowl that year. I think maybe they played Michigan. And Dalvin Cook played really well in that Orange Bowl game, and some think that that actually helped his draft stock playing in that Orange Bowl game and having as good of a game as he did. But, yeah, I think like Leonard Fournette was probably uh, one of the few, first few ones, but we're talking about six – years ago basically of, of going about this so i'm reading this uh si story from chris burke from december 19th 2016 and anyways it's on christian mccaffrey in the final sentence of the first paragraph you are witnessing the start of a trend yeah well that was that was right wasn't it ding 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 that was dead they nailed on, it. that was dead on balls accurate is what that was doba uh, by the way, Friday, we were uh, we were not on the air. If we were, we would have been covering the uh, David Hicks signing. Signs with Texas A&M. I mean, no, no real surprise there, right? There was a little chatter on Thursday like, hey, don't get your hopes up, but just in case something crazy happens like it did the first time around, at least watch and monitor that recruitment. Well, I watched and I monitored and I wasn't surprised he picked Texas A&M. Like everybody expected. But right. the drunken euphoria of Thursday kind of made you feel like, well, just tune in just in Why case. Why not? Like, they can't lose. Like If you flip Peyton Bowen, who's to say that you can't flip David Hicks? Nah, Hayes Fawcett drops the edit. David Hicks to Texas A&M. Which a, a, a lot of OU fans on social media were, eh, whatever. We'll see you in the portal in a year. <laughs> There's like all this confidence, like, ah, whatever. He goes to A&M. He'll be, he'll be available in the portal in like 11 months. It'll be, it'll be fine. We'll, we'll get him then. Well, and that's one of the next steps for OU, right, is – you sign this type of class, and typically David Hicks isn't necessarily looking for a new home, but if you can win, right, and you can win big, then all of a sudden there there will be a blue chip or two that's like, you know what, greener pastures, I'm going to a place that wins. Yeah. Not happy here, I'm going to OU. Uh, and that's you know one thing I would say about the 2024 recruiting effort, and I think that OU's probably going to have a really good 2024 class, just like they did in 23, right? Um this time around, like moving forward, and I and I know that there were some circumstances with the David Hicks recruitment, but I'm looking at a guy like David Stone in his announcement, his top ten dropped where OU was in it. Like you did a great job this recruiting class. Top five class, it's the best class you've had in a long time, especially defensively. 
All right, now moving forward, let's start to land the David Stones and the elite defensive interior linemen like that. that. That's the only thing I would say. I'm not complaining one bit about the 23 class, and I think they got some really good defensive linemen. But you've got a real chance to land not one, but multiple elite defensive linemen in this 24 class. Go make it happen. Like, go, go, go land these types of guys. I know NIL is going to be a factor, uh, without a doubt, with some of these guys, but I think that's kind of the – the next step is to land some of these five-star defensive linemen moving forward. Have to. It's been the missing ingredient. LeBlanc and others, very, very good. And I think, Tyler, Oklahoma – I'm going to say this carefully here. I think Oklahoma can, quote-unquote, get by without a, a Hicks for now. I think there's other ways that you can arrange the personnel. I don't think you have to have necessarily that traditional – defensive tackle that a, a bunch of Oklahoma fans have been pining for, I still think you can be great up front without it, right? You can do things yep. a little different. But for the long-term vision of Oklahoma, yes, they're missing that player. Ashton Sanders, we'll see if he can develop into that type of player from, and he from might. Oklahoma. He might. But generally speaking, yes, they need to sign that four- or five-star guy. Yeah, and, and because, too, you know, I just made the joke about David Hicks being available in the portal, and, and maybe he is. But for the most part, like you're not going to find an abundance of just really elite defensive linemen in the portal year in, year out. You need a quarterback, you can go to the portal. You need a running back, you can definitely go to the portal. You need a wide receiver, they're a dime a dozen out there in the portal for the most part. But defensive linemen, man, like you, you really got to get those guys into recruiting and you got to develop them throughout their career. There will be instances, no doubt, where there will be some elite defensive linemen here and there but they're not going to be spread all over the place like quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, like those types of positions. Agreed, and that's actually one of the things that I like the most about this 2023 signing class for Oklahoma. Not just specific to the defensive line, but defense as a whole, right? Yeah, you got McCullough out of the portal. We'll see about Ford and some other names that are out there. But generally speaking, Tyler, it's like you said – Easier to find the quarterback later. Easier to find the running back. We saw Oklahoma do that with Eric Gray. Easier to find a couple of those wide receivers. Didn't quite get the Singer kid, but guess what? Singer was in the portal. Yeah. That's there every year. So all of that being said, the fact that Oklahoma, I think it's eight of the top 11 or eight of 12 or whatever it is, are defensive players in this class. And I think that's, if it's got to be swung one direction or the other offensively or defensively, sure, you'd love an even 50-50 split. But if you had to have more blue-chip defensive or offensive guys in a class, I do think you'd want it slanted defensively. Yeah, and with all that being said, I would be, or at least I am, um, optimistic that that's going to happen because they showed me in their first full recruiting cycle with a 6-6 six and six season to pitch – that they're able to land two five-star defensive guys, one being at edge and one being at safety. I, I don't have much of a doubt that this staff is going to recruit at a high level defensively. And yeah, and I think starting with 2024, you're going to see them get elite defensive linemen. And I'm not saying that there's, there's not an elite defensive lineman in this class. I think that there is. But uh, like the five-star guy, like the David Stones that we're talking about, I think you'll see in, in 2024 they'll start to get those guys. But like you said, for the long-term trajectory of the program, that, that needs to they happen. They need to get them. Got to land them. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll get to more of your text, more Cruton, more Transfer Portal as well. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. <laughs> locked in with the Thune. 
Live on the ref with the Homeless Suter fans. No Parker today. He'll be back tomorrow. Josh Helmer is sliding in this hour. And a reminder, it is game week. OU and Florida State get to play a football game on Thursday. We'll be out at about at a couple different spots. Uh, I will be at Legends Pub House and Venue in Chickasha from 2 to 4.30. I'll be doing like a pregame show, basically, 2 to 4.30. Uh, going to watch the game at Legends in Chickasha, and then we'll be doing a two-hour postgame show as well. So I'll be in Chickasha on Thursday, and Travis Davidson, uh, he is going to be in Norman at the Standard, which is one of the... Uh, Newer restaurants here in town. It's really, really cool. So Travis will be at the Standard. I'll be at Legends Pub House and Venue. Where, where are you going to be at for the football game on Thursday? 4.30 yeah, kickoff. You going to be anywhere special? Hanging uh, out somewhere? Probably in the Helmer Studios. Yes. Watching, nice. watching Oklahoma put the beat down on the Seminoles. Well, we'll see. The spread's up to uh, 9.5, and, and I saw that uh, the Athletic, like they had 13 different riders pick every bowl game, and – Every All, single one. Every Florida single State. one of them picked Florida State. Yes, which not surprising. Hey, uh, I went and saw the Chickasha Lights for the first time this year. What letter grade would you give it? Oh, I think it's a solid B plus. It was cool. Yeah, it was very nice. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. That's been a thing for a uh, long time. I, I, like, how long did you have to wait? Because back in the day, you would have to wait. I, I at its peak, like two, two and a half hours to just to drive to, through. Well, no, 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 no. Just to get to the entrance, like the line would be backed up so far. But that was like back in the like the late 90s when that was the case. We took uh, a sneak entrance through the back door and did, didn't take the, the line driving across. We, we got out and walked. So, that so was you a snuck wise. in and didn't snuck even in. pay or anything? Didn't donate? Uh, we did buy some, some concessions, <laughs> but... Yeah, they got like an ice skating rink. It's almost like the county fair meets the lights now. Like they got all sorts of stuff going on. It was out cool there. though. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are we going to sign a wide receiver from the portal? Says someone in the nine one eight. Yes. Um, at least I think that you're going to sign a wide receiver via the transfer portal. Hope so. Dante Cephas. Initially, you thought, oh, okay, I like that name out of Kent State. Well, I I don't think that he signed anywhere yet, right? He's still out there available, but doesn't sound like OU's a likely option. Uh, we talked about uh, the kid out of Arizona, Dorian Singer, who's now committed to USC, and then Trey Harris, who there was a crystal ball for Trey Harris to OU, and he picks Ole Miss. I don't know exactly what happened there, uh, Josh, but I, I don't know. I thought OU had a really good chance to get Trey Harris, who would have been a nice little addition there. I think he was right around 1,000 yards this past year, but you're still searching for that portal wide receiver. That would have been a nice get. Yeah, and that stinks because y- you almost start – as a fan, mixing Trey Harris into your plans for what it looks like for next season. And even with Harris, I thought probably try and go get another wide receiver even on top of that. So that's that's disappointing. They need to land at least one. I'd still like to see Oklahoma add two yeah. out of the transfer And portal. I think there's a chance they still add two. And, and here's what we have to remember with the portal is that you know not everyone that's going to be available is currently in the portal. There will be players that are available – after these playoff teams get done with their season. Now, will will there be a wide receiver available from Georgia or TCU or Michigan or Ohio State that you want? I I guess we'll see, right? But there will be other portal players that will be available. And I'm going to guess in most circumstances, like the coaching staff or coaching staffs, like they probably have a pretty good idea of maybe not everyone – 
but at least some notable names that will be in the portal, you know, after those teams get done in the in the in the semifinals in the championship game. Did we get our list of early enrollees for Oklahoma? Do we know? Yeah, Brown, I, I, yeah, I have a list. Uh, let me scroll all the way back to uh, Thursday of last week, and I'll find that. Suffice L- it to say that, you know, look, we can sit here, and I, I hope that they do sign one or two out of the transfer portal at wide receiver, but. Probably the bottom line for Oklahoma as well is one of those two guys, and we kind of said similar things about both Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson going into this season, but, man, it would be such a lift for Oklahoma, and it's doable at wide receiver to get a legitimate contribution from either of those two signees. So here's the list I have for early enrollees. P.J. Atabare, Jackson Arnold, Kendall Dolby, Caden Green, Josiah Wagner, Caleb Hicks, Dalen Smothers, Josh Bates, Derek LeBlanc, Ashton Sanders, Phil Pachotti, Eric McCarty, and McCarty Vickers. Okay, so neither of the wide receivers yeah. get in early. Um, we did see a few of the guys, Chapman McCown from Norman North, um, I know that he's a preferred walk-on, but we saw a picture of, few, of, of a few of those guys have already gotten in um, – Practice reps at the uh, in Orlando for the bowl game. Now, that's they're, that's they're crazy. Not, they're not going to play in the bowl game, but they're getting reps in for practice. Which, yeah, you're right. That is crazy, but I mean that's that's a good thing, man. They just signed. Get them out there. Get them running around a little bit and get them some practice time. Sure, sooner the better. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, this text says we are up to four opt outs now. Right, offense: Gray, Harrison, and Morris. Defense: Redmond. And I, am I missing anyone? I don't think. I think that that's it. I was on a Florida State podcast this morning, and I said, oh, you had four opt-outs, and I mentioned those guys. Unless I'm totally forgetting someone, I think that that's it. And I don't think you're seeing any numbers get added to that list. We're, we're this close, you know, Monday of the week up, knock on wood, sure, but uh, probably that's the number, right? Yeah. Remember, who did JT Daniels lose his job to? Partially because he also tore his ACL. New BYU quarterback, Keaton Slovis. <laughs> well, look at Slo- Slovis has been at USC. He's been at Pitt. And now he'll be at BYU this year. So he's got one more school remaining uh, to catch JT Daniels in his pursuit to uh, land at four different programs throughout his career. Yeah, weird that each of those two have – migrated as many places as they have maybe that's just look if there's going to be a coaching change involved then a lot of times you're going to see some of that uh by the way big announcement uh i i get i mean the david hicks announcement was the big one over the break or the three-day break that we had but uh five-star defensive lineman in the 2024 class we mentioned it earlier david stone makes an announcement he's down to 10 schools ou being one of those it's ou oregon a&m alabama sc Miami, Florida, LSU, Tennessee, Michigan State. So, OU's going to be in a battle for this one. And this kid is from Oklahoma City, 6'5", 280. Played at IMG last year, but he was at Dell City High. Ranked as the number one defensive line in the 2024 class. I believe that's according to On3. So, he's, he's like, he's the 24 classes David Hicks, essentially, right? And what I see is OU's going to have to go up against the who's who for this recruitment. And they're going to have to go up against a lot of NIL dollars in this recruitment as well. So you got a tie here. You've got the Oklahoma tie that no one else has, and that's going to be a factor. But judging by the other schools that are in this, and he's a five-star defensive lineman, um, NIL will probably be a uh, will be a big factor in this recruitment, I would imagine. Even though he's basically come right out and said that it. It's he, not going to be his driving. He he said that right after the DJ Hicks announcement, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, and we'll see because it's easier said than when you know Miami wants to drop a sure. bag. You know what I mean? Well, and I can just speak from a little bit of my working experience that Caden Proctor once upon a time said NIL wasn't a factor for him, and now there's reports that that was a part of his flip to Alabama. So you know, early in the process, saying that versus <laughs> when it comes down to time to ink some papers, yeah, name, image, and likeness probably going to be a factor there. It is a who's who for uh, Oklahoma, and I think again what I said earlier, Tyler that to me when I look at David Stone and the names that are involved there, at some point it can't be Oklahoma's 7-5 and five sure. in 2023 and inking David Stone. To me that would be a shock. Yeah. If you have anywhere close to the type of season you had this year, I don't think you're going to land that signature. So if you, were, if you listen to the show and you were tired of hearing about Peyton Bowen or David Hicks, which I know some of you out there were, I was tired of having to talk about Peyton Bowen and DJ Hicks most of the time. David Stone's going to kind of be that name for the next recruiting cycle that at some point you're going to be finding yourself probably saying, oh my God, enough about this David Stone guy. We get it. Yes. Which there's already a couple of crystal balls that have dropped for David Stone to Michigan State, which Spartans are probably going to be pretty tough in this one with Mel Tucker. Yeah, he, he's, he's really done a great job, hasn't he? He just can't win. Yeah. He can he can recruit his tail off, but he's not winning. Yeah, yeah. And that's the case so far for Mario Cristobal at Miami, right? It's also the case so far for Brent Venables. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll get to more of your texts coming up next. We'll close up Locked In on the other side. Keep it locked on the ref. Final segment locked in with McComas and Boone. Parker will be back tomorrow. Appreciate uh, Josh Helmer doing uh, an extra hour of radio today and sitting in with me today. We were talking about David Stone last segment. And, you know, speaking of OU having a little bit of an edge, seeing as he's an Oklahoma kid, it doesn't hurt that you have guys like uh, Gerald McCoy tweeting at him after he makes his decision, right? Uh, and I know that most of you probably saw this, but Gerald McCoy sent out a tweet to him over the weekend saying, Say, kid, you've been on my radar for a while. Seeing your growth and progression has been great, and you being from the 405 makes it even better. With that being said, enjoy your recruitment, but let's make this easy. You know where home is. Come on home. Hashtag Boomer. Hashtag 405. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. That's good, man. You need those legacy guys in, in these kids' ears just a little bit, right? Not obnoxiously, but just letting them know. Come on home. Tyler, how many podcasts have you been on for Florida State Preview? Just the one this morning. Double Fries No Slaw was the uh, podcast name. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, maybe that's like a local restaurant thing or in, in Tallahassee. I don't know, but double fries, no slaw. That must be what a bunch of people order is double fries, no slaw. Get rid of the slaw. Yeah. Extra I, French I fries. Know. I don't know. I was like, hey, that's cool. I dig it. I, I, it's unique for sure. Yeah, it has nothing to do with Florida State, I don't <laughs> think, but hey. Cody says, uh, hope you all had a good Christmas. I'm pretty disappointed that the OU game starts that early and on a Thursday but, I mean, I guess we did go 6-6, six and six, but pretty disappointed. You know what, Cody? I'm not disappointed that the OU game starts at 4.30. And I'm not disappointed because, well, any other bowl game that you were going to play in starts at, like, 9 p.m. I, I, I would rather play at 4.30 in the middle of the day on Thursday than, uh, what is Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State plays at 9.15 local time. Uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, that's that's pretty lousy. And you thought you might go to the guaranteed rate bowl, right? That would have been a nine fifteen local start. 
The Texas Bowl, you thought you might go there. That's an 8 p.m. local start. And the Alamo Bowl, you didn't think that you were going to go to the Alamo Bowl, but that's an 8 o'clock local start as well. Now, I used to be cool and be able to stay up easily for a 9-15 local kickoff, watch the entire game, and probably able to do a two-hour postgame show. I, I much prefer the 4.30 uh, kickoff time this yeah, time around. Not bad, but with your postgame show too, right? Yeah. Yeah, and we'll be able to do a postgame show that people hopefully will, will actually listen in. to and yeah. engage in. Yeah. yeah. Did you see Florida State got the number one defensive line transfer, uh, transfer Braden Fisk? I did not. I saw that they got Jaheim Bell from South Carolina. And if Florida State wins this game on Thursday, they uh, – I, I think – I'm not saying that I will, but I think there's going to be some people out there that pick them to win the ACC next year and maybe make the playoff. I don't think I'm going to go that far with Florida State, but they're going to have some momentum heading into next year. Especially if they beat Oklahoma convincingly. If Jordan Travis is great and they beat OU convincingly, then – Yes, there will be some of that. I said earlier today that they almost, in a different way, right, because Oklahoma was a conference champion, but there's some similarities, I think, between this Florida State team and the 2020 Oklahoma team. Yeah, that's an, that's an, interesting, uh, that's an interesting comp. Hopefully um, OU doesn't play the role of Florida and Brent Venables doesn't play the role of Dan Mullen after the game Indeed. and say, ah, we played our last game in Lubbock, Texas. This one didn't even count. Well, certainly Oklahoma's much more bought into winning this thing than, than Florida was. Yeah, I agree. Uh, DJ Uyunglele to Oregon State. That's a nice pickup for Oregon State. And Oregon State's got a pulse, man. They are, uh, they're a pretty good football team this year. They finished, weren't they? Didn't they finish in the top 20? They blasted Florida in the Vegas Bowl uh, a few weeks or uh, like a week ago, whatever it was. But Oregon State, um, that's that's a decent. I I don't think DJ Uyunglele is going to be like the best quarterback in the Pac-12. But what did they? They were top fifteen going Four, into the bowl game. Yeah, fourteenth. Fourteenth uh, in the college football playoff rankings. Yeah, seventeenth AP. Mabry Matower. Uh, he is the younger brother of the Matower that played on the offensive line at OU this year, McCade Matower. Uh, Mabry committed to Wisconsin over the weekend. Ajayi Hall is no longer at Texas. He's in the transfer portal. Um, he, they, they got him from Alabama. It felt like he got in trouble almost immediately. Uh, did he get kicked off the team at Texas? Did he? Whatever. He's back in the portal once again. And Cormani McLean. One of the highest-ranked prospects in this 2023 class. He still hasn't made a decision, right? Down to Miami, and I guess Colorado is in on this thing. We'll see if Deion Sanders can get a big get. It's going to be really interesting to see what Colorado turns into. Yeah. Michael Hawkins, 2024 quarterback. He's going to make his announcement on January 31st. I would guess OU is going to be very involved in that. Arkansas probably as well. Uh, but 24 classes upon us, man. Crazy to think about. All right, that'll do it for Locked In. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref.